I'm Dr. Aaron DeForest with Dental Tech Up, and today we're talking to Dr. Jay Fang, PhD. He's a co-founder and CEO of Kells. He's a founder and CEO of iStyle. He has PhD from Columbia University in computer vision and machine learning. He has multiple publications, projects, and patents on machine learning, and he has awarded the Innovative Health Tech NYC People's Choice Awards. So thank you for coming on. I'm really excited to learn more about Kells. I'm also excited to learn about how you got into dental technology and where this is kind of like leading you. Thank you very much for having me. Great to be here, Aaron. Thanks. So yeah, tell me, tell me more about you and Kells. How, how did I see you have a strong machine learning background? How did you kind of get to dental technology and kind of where are you going with it? Yeah, um, definitely. This is not the first time people ask that question. Um, so uh, naturally, my background is very much in technology and innovations. Um, and uh, because, you know, I did the PhD, so there's definitely some depths into like research and development. Um, I, I, I worked at a kind of a tech company like Google, Amazon before. Um, and the, one of the kind of observation or passion I start to create is to see how I can apply the state of our technology into different business sectors, not just the tech sector. Right. And oftentimes those are places that the, the big value can be created. So um, so I had the opportunity to work on uh, projects in healthcare, in retail, using artificial intelligence, machine learning. Um, and I've seen firsthand how these features can be built uh, and impact millions of people. So um, from there, I, I think I really um, kind of have the idea of like creating a company uh, from these intersection points, right? So uh, during my PhD, I did basically two companies, um, both like either in healthcare and the retail, um, very kind of ahead of a curve at that time. Sometimes I feel like it's a little bit too early. So uh, the business model and the, the environment were not uh, ready really for disruption like that. Um, but, um, but I think about like two years ago, I came in to know my current partner, my current COO, who just kind of exited from his dental business. So we were just talking and he told me that he saw how challenged or difficult for the dentist to read x-rays all the time, because it's like they have so many workloads uh, other than treatments. And they sometimes have to stay very late at night to review the cases or go to the office very early in the morning. So. And coming from um, kind of the technology background, I, I know AI can solve that problem, right? As we have seen from other, uh, you know, verticals like healthcare or uh, medical or, you know, transportation. So um, we started kind of just talking and uh, another partner who is a dentist himself kind of joined the conversation and start to think about, hey, you know, what are the problems we can solve? And that's really the beginning of it. And uh, you know, funny enough, um, I I, re I really kind of love learning new things. Uh, when you have the background of like uh, a, a kind of creating uh, weapons or tools to solve problems, you kind of curious about like what are the unsolved problems. Right. And uh, the more I learn about dentistry, the more I love the industry. Um, I just feel like oral health my is very personal to me. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I, I grew up in China. Uh, um, I think uh, I wasn't really exposed to uh, 
kind of an oral oral care or dental care as often as I should be. Um, and uh, I had experienced that, you know, I have cavities in my mouth. Um, I should have like taken care of it early on, but I didn't know that's the case. So I just kind of ignore it. And then when I notice it, it's like already pretty bad. So, um, so I feel like the, this angle is kind of narrow into like, hey, what impact can we create so that first of all, the patient um, can be better served, right? Yeah. So, so that's kind of the premise of Kels and uh, um, that's how we kind of started talking about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause it's, it's one of those things that it is interesting talking to people who have a different background in dentistry. And with dentists, I, I see a lot of times that we have a set of tools, which is not really software development. <laughs> and so it's kind of hard to, or, you know, any kind of development other than just doing the dental that we've learned. And so when you collaborate and work with other people that have different skill sets, it's kind of amazing what can be done and how, when you talk with AI, it's something that can scale, right? And dentists aren't really, I mean, unless if you're really building a big organization with lots of uh, DSOs and stuff like that, you really aren't able to scale what you're doing um, with your two, own two hands. So it's, it's exactly. neat to see, you know, that collaboration kind of come together and really try to build something that is uh, imp impactful on not only people, but really sounds like you're kind of focusing on um, trying to get people early care. Is that kind of my understanding on on where you're going first off or? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like uh, Aaron, what you just said about kind of the scalability of it, right? Because, um, you know, in general healthcare, particularly in dental care, those are very labor intensive. You really kind of rely on that person to do the work. And uh, that clinician uh, usually are coming from different backgrounds, different experience levels. So naturally, um, you know, kind of the, the infamous statement we know is you go to uh, 10 different dentists, you got 10 different, 11 different uh, opinions, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's very understandable. It's not like there's something wrong about it. It's just like people are coming from different perspective and they all want to solve their problem, but they have different way of thinking about it. But that also create the challenge for patient because then they are left wondering like, what is the right answer here, right? Who should I trust? And we know trust is a big kind of a concern or factor in, in healthcare in general. So um, I think AI or other technology kind of provides that platform to um, equalize or make it more consistent in terms of making decisions and uh, analyze data and really kind of bring up the scalability factor, right? To, uh, to make sure that, you know, whoever you are, you have access to the same or equal quality of care, uh, you know, kind of in that way. So yeah. when we talk about house equity, that's all speak to that spirit, right? But yeah. what is the right solution? That's kind of what we're trying to bring on the table and like, you know, how we can make, make it valuable to a larger population. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause yeah, you're talking about how do you kind of, you know, when I originally was thinking about AI, um, I was thinking, okay, yeah, it just focuses on dentists who already maybe use some kind of technology in their office. And, you know, it's, it's going to be focused on dentists and the x-ray systems they already use. 
But then as I kind of looked into um, Kells, I realized, oh, not only is it going to be, what would I say, um, specific to the dentist that already used technology, it's also going to, like you said, when this kind of made me think about it, is like when it equalizes it kind of for everyone. So for even for patients that maybe don't go directly to the dentist every six months, you know, maybe this is something that, hey, it can kind of steer them towards like, hey, it is your time to go to the dentist if they're, no matter where they're at. Um, and so, yeah, if you could tell me a little bit more about kind of how you see the AI in the teledentistry and kind of, I, th I think you have a pretty unique uh, perspective when it comes to what you guys are doing with, with that aspect. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, you know, because of COVID, obviously tele telehealth uh, is, is really booming. And uh, I think it's a great opportunity uh, for people to re-look at how they access care, uh, what that means to them, right? And I think uh, the success we saw from adoption, the rise of teledentistry in particular, is that uh, there's a lot of things you can do even without visiting the dental office. And we know notoriously people are not a big fan of going to the dental office for various reasons, right? And uh, uh, how do we remove the frictions here? How do we remove the hurdles both physically and mentally so that people can access care as timely as possible, right? Because it's all about um, detecting the problem uh, early so you can do something. And, uh, and you know that because a dental and medical actually are very closely related. And a lot of people don't know that. So if they have poor oral health, they might have twice as uh, high risk to get like heart disease or uh, you know, you know, diabetes, right? So those are gonna cause even bigger problems in the future. So there are simple things we can do if we know what to do. So that factor uh, speaks aloud to us. And um, we believe that uh, things like diagnostic, screening, checkups, should be brought closer to the patient instead of further. And uh, because of development technology, like even just digital communication, transmission, um, and AI now, you could bring a similar quality of care to where the people are. So I think, I think it's very exciting to imagine that you put the power to the hands of the patient and uh, kind of reverse the game a little bit, right? Because right now the system was not really built for the patient. It's not, it's centered around the dental office scenario. Uh, but the patient has different needs. Uh, they want to speak, they want to understand about their health instead of being told to do certain things. Um, that empowerment um, kind of, I think it's a pinnacle point for prevention because it's really about, you need to do something. So um, when we create CALS, obviously, uh, we want to work backwards from patients. And the uh, first hurdle is accessibility, right? Uh, without even uh, kind of a travel or without even having the hurdle to make appointments, how can we deliver the care? So teledental, teledentistry itself is a, is a perfect kind of a way to think about that. Um, now, usually when people talk about that, it's about video calls, phone calls, uh, kind of, you know, speak to a clinician in real time. Uh, we take a slightly different approach in the way that we're more like uh, doing a COVID test, if you may, right? That you go to, obviously we send the dental staff to you 
and uh, we would take certain type of data points about your condition, uh, for example, x-rays or photos, and then you don't have to wait until someone come in and look at you. You can go back to your life and then very, you know, very timely, very quickly, you get a comprehensive report, basically illustrate everything that you need to know can be extracted from those data. Um, that objectivity and that transparency are greatly lacking in the industry. Usually when you leave the office, uh, you have like a treatment plan or other things, but how many people actually understand what's going on? Maybe not all of them, right? And they have questions, but you know, sometimes they're afraid to ask because dentists are very busy. And sometimes they were just like, mm, I'm not sure. I might go to another office to ask for something. So when you have that hesitation or doubt, you essentially create a risk of missing that opportunity to get treatments, right? Yeah. And also it's not good for the dentist as well. So, so I think uh, we want to we want to kind of fill that gap uh, to be the first step, as we call it. We really want to be like you know. Um, proactively approach uh, the, the patient, let them feel like, yes, you own your body, you own your mouse. Uh, you want to check it up, you can do it with very little friction. Yeah. So back to that point, I think the teledentistry provides that distribution channel to the care. Now where the AI comes in is really the expertise. The AI is kind of the democratization of uh, expertise to give you information. Um, and with the development of that, obviously, you know, we will get into more details on that. It's really, it's really can, it really can do like amazing things uh, on a certain level um, that can, um, I wouldn't say replace, but really kind of extend ability of a clinician. So even if you're busy uh, treating other patients, the AI can help you take a quick look at that next patient, right? Even remotely, a uh, hundred miles away. And then the patient will get the care and then you can follow up afterwards. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it made me think of a couple of things I thought were pretty interesting because, yeah, you're going directly to the patient, taking the x-rays, doing the AI, uh, you know, having AI look through it and kind of sending them a report, kind of informing them and maybe educating them as well. And I see that, you know, you can leverage that in multiple ways. You can leverage it with, um, my first one that came to thought was like big businesses big corporate businesses that have thousands of, uh, I was going to say patients, but thousands of workers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my thought is like, okay, well, if you can show them just how much time off work people do because of, you know, cavities or teeth, you know, people being in pain, you can probably save those businesses a lot of money if you're able to find all the patients and find all their problems before it happens, send them to a dentist and hey, they only get a filling versus having to do a root canal and you know, multiple visits for that, not to mention a crown that will go replace it or, you know, and eventually an implant. So like you'd say companies and I guess insurances at, at that part, a lot of time and effort and money, I guess. And then the other aspect, which I've kind of like looked through and is you're able to reach people who are maybe not even close to a dentist. So either for for whatever reason. So I think that's what, what's your kind of thought on kind of who you're reaching with Kells and, or what's your thought process as far as that goes? Yeah. Um, given our onsite kind of a model, uh, what we want to do is reach population group populations. 
Uh, now, eventually, there might be opportunity to do a one-on-one de- on-demand, mm-hmm. like Uber model. But right now, we're really thinking about maximizing the impact with less cost. And uh, what you mentioned is a very reasonable uh, channel to think about employers, right? To think about the workforce that you know naturally they're busy already, and uh, to take time out of that schedule to visit a dentist. Uh, could really disrupt their workflow. And uh, I know, you know, the the employer also want to uh, make them happy and healthy uh, as much as possible inside their environment uh, to make it simpler for them. So I think, you know, for what we do, that's a, that, that could be really interesting fit. And that's something we're also developing and getting a lot of traction from, cool. uh, right? And, uh, and the other, uh, beyond that, instead of on the individual level, uh, as you mentioned, we could aggregate the data into a more kind of an analytical point of view. So if you are self-insured, uh, you're thinking about how much cost would I estimate to put into my workforce so everyone's healthy, or how can I identify who are the most vulnerable people that could potentially get a problems happening right in a short amount of time so I can um, more actively protect them. So when you don't have those information, you almost like you're throwing money into the into the dark and like, I don't know, I just have to pay this, but there's a better way to do it. So I think what we do as a screening, on-site screening is uh, the bridge to that is to kind of use a very efficient way to um, kind of understand what risk or concerns might happen. And then we can surface that to the stakeholders and decision makers to better kind of a triage or prioritize people and obviously more effectively using uh, fundings or capitals to uh, increase the outcome of health, right? Um, and I think uh, the other place you can imagine is uh, also communities, uh, kind of, you know, schools, right? These are more a little bit kind of towards the public sector, but public sector has a similar challenge, uh, more so that people, uh, maybe lack access to care uh, and also inconvenient for it. And they're concerned about costs and everything. So, um, you know, the report we generate kind of contains all these elements into it. So when you go through the report, you basically get a lesson about, you know, what should I expect to happen uh, from the, 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 the risk factor point of view, from the cost point of view, from the treatment procedure point of view. So when they think about, oh, what's the next to do? Naturally, I should see a doctor, but I'm not coming in just blindly, right? I'm coming with knowledge and I can have intelligent conversation with my dentist about what is the right thing to do so that, you know, I know uh, what's going to come out. So I I think uh, those are great opportunity for us to grasp and um, expand on, right? Um, and again, we don't think, you know, narrowly about just your teeth, your oral health, but more on your lifestyle, your other overall health, your diet, nutrition, right? Uh, your medical conditions. These are things that all connect together. So um, if we can save them multiple visits to different places to get that information together and uh, create a healthier life, um, I think that could create a, a very positive impact for people. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I I think that uh, to be able to get schools in stuff like that, like because I mean, 
I'm sure many kids don't ever see the dentist. A lot of sometimes parents don't even think um, kids' teeth are worth saving because yes. they're they're like well, they're gonna fall out someday anyways. And it's like, yeah, well, they're gonna cause a lot of pain and they're gonna lead to a lot of problems with crowding. And you really have to educate people. And a lot of times if they never even come to the dentist, then how can you even educate them in the first place, right? So I think Absolutely. if you're if you're able to get them at a young age, if you're able to take x-rays and um, kind of be able to say, hey, you, your kid already has a problem and here's what it can cause and you're educating them before they even ever go to a dentist, um, that, that makes a lot of sense to me because it's the earlier you can educate a, uh, a patient or kids, the better. Um, that goes with like everything, right? Anything that a lot of a lot of times people just don't understand what it is until it's kind of you know they're already in pain, so that that makes a lot of sense to me. And that the analytical part I thought was pretty interesting because it's I think with the risk factors that cause things, um, you know how you're talking about it goes beyond just the oral health it goes to the well being of the person as we become more like into these ecosystems with our you know smart watches, phones, really like what we're eating and. When you're able to bring that all in, okay, it's not going to take, if you, if you have that analytics combined with the, the dental oral health, you're going to be able to easily determine, okay, who's at the highest risk for cavity. And perio is, of course, a little, probably a little bit more difficult, but without AI, I don't know if we're going to be able to find out what all the risk factors are for why people have periodontal disease versus those okay. who don't. Um, so I think that's that could definitely be a huge um play well it's a huge thing in the future so that makes sense and i think with what you're talking about bringing everything together you're going to be like okay well you have this many like sodas a day you don't ever go to your family doesn't go to the dentist your kids be able to check their health and everything with everything else that's tracking them like you have huge risk factors for like having bad teeth in the future if you don't change your problems and oh by the way the AI shows that your kid already has two cavities and this is what, so I mean, like you're kind of, if you're able to catch them early, like you're talking about and only AI is going to be able to analytically bring everything together. It's just too much data points and too hard to make that study. So yeah, I, I guess let's, I was kind of thinking more about the AI stuff. How, how did you, Kind of how do you, how do you see AI coming into the future more with dentistry other than what we just talked? I guess you can talk elaborate more on what we just talked about, but the different is vision analytics is what's is it? What would you say it's a uh, kind of bringing everything together, or do you kind of focus on one versus the other to get one going? Or what do you, how do you think yeah. about it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know. So far, a lot of the AI applications are very single task focused, right? So they do something very well, but they only do that at the time. And uh, uh, and I think that's that's a good sign that you can actually train the model to focus on something. But it's just like the human doctor, that they're trained to look at certain things, but they miss other things, and which often have a, a big role in understanding the holistic you know, a situation of a person. And, uh, and I think of that's where the AI will shine in two different angles, right? One is kind of um, combining more data points from different modalities, whether it's, uh, you know, images, visual signals, 
uh, languages, right? Text notes, uh, past medical records or dental records, or uh, even some other like, even like audio signals when you talk to the dentist, what kind of a sentiment, you know, transmitted into that, through that signal. The AI will be that power horse to analyze and discover patterns in terms of the relationship of these things. And um, with deep learning, uh, it becomes even more approachable that uh, if you have the right data, data set, um, it would automatically try to find how they connect together, right? So as we know from, you know, AlphaGo and other examples, they usually, they, they are opportunities or drug discovery. There are opportunities that you can find something people just never thought about. Oh, these two things should be connecting. So I think that's really exciting. That could really sh shed a light to uh, areas that could hint uh, a risk for certain disease in the future, but no one's looking at it, right? The other thing I think, you know, uh, not a lot of companies are doing that, uh, especially in dental, is kind of forward-looking uh, predictability, right? So right now we're really looking at the static data, like this x-ray or this photo, what's going on? Um, but once you start building this chronologically, you probably can start to estimate uh, what's going to come next, right? What's going to come in future? So, uh, you know, oftentimes we heard people ask like, hey, I want to know like when do I need to go to the dentist? Well, that's a tricky question. Like, um, you know, obviously you ask anyone, they're going to tell you, you should go right now. But that's not how people think. They always want to delay that, right? Um, so I think, you know, it's understandable, but also from a, from a medical point of view, uh, you, you want to have certain way to look into the future and say, okay, if this is the lifestyle you're living, how the, the condition will develop over time, assuming no sudden surprise happens, right? So what that helps is that you can create engagement throughout that period and just start kind of a, uh, creating a context to educate patient and let them know, hey, you know, we have discovered this three months ago or six months ago. Now we, we estimate it's going to get worse if you don't do anything. So kind of give people in front of the mirror, like put them in front of the mirror and say, hey, you should take care of that. It's serious, right? So that capability obviously have a cost kind of a value as well to, to kind of budget that for personal uh, risk. If you're thinking about, you know, I don't want to go spend thousands of dollars. If I can do this three months earlier, that could have saved me like 50, 50%. And I think that's more incentivized for people to do something. So um, I think it's really exciting to look at, uh, of course, there are multiple angles other than that, but I think these two angles are interesting, both from the kind of a, a breadth point of view, but also the depth point of view. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Cause I see, I see how the time thing, the predictability and really displaying it to the, uh, the uh, patient. Cause yeah, it's one of those things I, I, you know, I see a tooth, I, you know, maybe do a filling on it. Maybe it's large. I say, Hey, this is going to need a crown, but well, why, or when is it going to break? And, you know, well, I don't know, you know, I, mean, I have, and I always think about all the data, you know, we have in our practice management softwares and yeah, I, I do. And, you know, when you think of data, I think it is of it as static. So to think about it with timing aspect and put that involved with the AI, then it can give them a predictable number. And that's really going to help the patient understand like, hey, this is this is the, the 
what's going to pretty much occur. Not only is it just, just my, you know, clinical opinion, it's right. shown within the data, maybe from like, this is my office and maybe this is the national office, you know, national view of, you know, how exactly. it goes. And so, and I, I think with technology, a lot of, a lot of things I always like, you know, see with why cloud software and all this stuff is becoming so popular is because it's like implementing systems for the dentist to not have to do themselves. So if you get that predictability of like, hey, we did this filling of so large, you're going to need a crown and you can pretty much just hit a button, print off, show them like the cost that's going to occur, you know, the longer you wait versus what's going to happen, you know, okay, this is going to break down from a crown within three years. That's either going to be a root canal or implant. You, you, You know, you just push a button and it prints it out and shows them that scale. You don't have to spend as much time convincing them of something that's already proven that you've already convinced every, you know, that you've already done for the thousandth time to have some data and easeability to that. I think that's what the technology is going to allow for dentists. So exactly. And uh, I just want to kind of um, double down on that point is that we are patient first, right? Our, our focus on patient, but also, we, we are working with dentists uh, to kind of close the gap. So when you think about, uh, and, and you know that very well, uh, oftentimes you want to do the right thing, but the patient might not on the same page as you. So you kind of have to like really convince them um, by talking to them, by showing something. But what also, what we found is like having something very intuitive to them uh, to, for them, for themselves to understand, like in the report format or something very visual and intuitive, uh, they're more likely to trust that uh, opinion, right? Because it's more evidence. And, and we actually show them, uh, you know, x-rays with the finding drawn on top of that. So like, you know, there's clear data showing you something's wrong here. So if you delay, you know, it's not going to be good. So I think it's also helping the dentist to uh, do better, like, you know, to increase treatment acceptance. When the patient comes in, they already know something's going on. I know it, right? Maybe you can help me confirm what that is and uh, tell me how I can fix it. Um, so I think in overall, in, in the larger scope, that's very helpful yeah. um, uh, to kind of improve the population health. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think you're, you're, you're right on, uh, you know, kind of, showing people the data uh, and showing them evidence uh, to support your decision obviously is the right thing to do. Yeah. And yeah, because there's always, you know, this big thing about evidence-based dentistry and how we're supposed to implement it and everything. And to be able to keep up with every research paper, I mean, you, you, you're into research. You, you can imagine how difficult it is to stay up to date with every single research paper every single day. So I think AI is kind of implementing that research in real time and able to kind of give dentists the power to have real-time research. And that's, I think that's why everybody's so excited about it is because for like the first time we can have evidence-based stuff at the tip of our finger and it it can be in real time with what we're currently seeing with the patient with x-rays or whatever it may be. It's, it's no longer, well, I read this research article that showed that enamel, you'd have to spend probably 10, 15 minutes reading this research paper to see what they say a cavity is going to 
breakthrough enamel or not, or if it's going to lead to a larger cavity or not. It's a, we have proof that this patient's lifestyle and cavities or images show that this is going to occur. You know, we'll, we'll get there, but yeah, I think that, that always, that's pretty exciting. And so I guess, how are you guys working with, um, you you said that you're referring patients to a dentist. How are you kind of looking at that? And what's that, what's that kind of look like? Um, so one of the, one of the most frequent question after we screen people is that, can you recommend dentist? Um, especially when they see, you know, the potential problem they have. Um, and, uh, um, so what we're doing is basically to connect them with the right dentist to get the treatment they need. Now, we also think about how can we make it more valuable, right? Obviously, we can make it simple that we, we just give you a search engine, like, you know, direct you to another website. You just search for a location. That's it. But now that I think there is some, some more depths into it, like once we know the kind of condition you're exposing to, we can be more personalized in terms of what dentist to recommend you. Maybe we'll go to, uh, you know, uh, the records publicly or privately to understand what this dentist is uh, specialized on, or uh, they have good reviews on certain procedures that people have done before that we can recommend to you because you have a similar um, needs, right? So I, I think you can actually go a little bit more um, nuanced in terms of who you want to recommend. And obviously, uh, when they experience that treatment, they can come back and give us their own opinion about how they think about it. Um, so yeah, so I think uh, that's a that's a that's a focus we have right now to grow that network. Um, and uh, and uh, the other thing is also like uh, for us, uh, we can help the dentist uh, other than just by kind of you know uh, direct you, give you a new patient. We sort of does. Um, part of your job, right, outside of your schedule. Uh, for example, we take x-rays. Those are a standardized way to take x-rays. We take photos. We kind of collect the data already in one place. So when you get the patient, you also get the records together. So when they come in, you don't necessarily have to spend time again to do these things. So I think that's also kind of a facilitate the workflow in the office. Um, the other thing, The other thing is also think about like, the capacity, right? Increasing the capacity of office. Oftentimes, patient cannot get the same day appointment. And uh, when that happens, it's going to be like, oh, you, you have to come in in two weeks or even next month. Something is crazy, right? Sometimes. And uh, you might lose that patient just because of that. But what if you can say, hey, I cannot host you in the office today, but I can send you a, a clinician or a staff to do the basic stuff, right? And give you a first read, right? So you know, you know, what might happen. And then you come back again, I will confirm that with you, chair side, and I give you a detailed treatment plan. Um, I think people want those kind of care uh, and a more kind of a um, intimate moment instead of saying, hey, we're too busy today. We can't host you, come back again, right? Um, so I think it's really kind of, you know, driving uh, from the patient experience back to like, how do we improve also the office productivity uh, all together is to in increase the uh, health outcomes, right? Uh, by collaborate together. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. Cause yeah, I think, 
you're kind of doing a, you know, there's a lot of things going on there, but it's, you can make it really, you're doing it patient centric, but you're, you're kind of giving the patient what they want, right? When it comes to, they want to be seen that day and half the time, well, I mean, you know, it just depends what the, what the case is, but sometimes you just, if you, if you are too busy, they just come in, you take an x-ray and maybe you can do work that day. Maybe you can't just depends on how big of a deal it is. So you can really, as a dentist, you'd be like, well, we can't get you in, but we do have the service and, you know, either you provide it or the patient's just happy to get in and you're not losing the patient because they're, they're going to get in somewhere that day. You know, it's, it's not if they're going to get to a dental office. The question is, are they going to get into your dental office? So if you are too busy, you can say, Hey, we work with, it's almost like a, uh, like a total access care, you know, the urgent cares, you're almost getting them in somewhere, but not really losing them to somebody else. You're kind of just giving them what they want and still retaining them and trying to keep everybody happy. So I I see how that could be a, a, a big thing for a lot of dental offices. And then you're almost creating like a lead generation as well. If you, if you're going to these communities really getting, really seeing a lot of patients and really, you know, building up a, uh, a patient base where dentists just, they just don't have the means to go and do that. So you're kind of, you're building up a whole system of being a way to be able to help dentists and patients in, in different ways. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, Anything else that I missed on that? Because that, that's kind of, yeah, I just, you know, kind of think about a whole bunch of different ways of how that can be useful to both the patient and the dentist. Um, yeah, I, that covers about everything I have on my mind. I, anything else that I missed about? I, where, can we, can, where, where can we learn more about Kells? Yeah, um, so um, we, you can go to our website, obviously, uh, getkells.com. Um, you can, uh, you know, obviously you can email me directly, jie at getcounts.com if you have questions. Um, we are, uh, by nature, very collaborative and a very kind of welcoming partnerships from different angles because, you know, we're trying to fill the gaps throughout the whole journey, right? So there will be different places that uh, we can uh, work together to benefit the patients. Um, it's funny, I was talking to some company uh, yesterday about a patient engagement and uh, they sort of like uh, getting to the mind of patient and uh, try to, uh, it's like inception, right? You try to place that seed and like, you need to, you need to do, you just visit a dentist or you just visit a doctor. And here's what we found, kind of recap. And then um, this is what you need to do in the next few days. Oftentimes people just kind of forget about it, right? When they go home, like, oh, I don't want to see it again, like stuff like that. But um, I think creating those relationships with the patient, not feel like, not make them feel like, uh, you know, intimidated, but more feel like, oh, you actually have someone care about you through technology. I think it's interesting. Um, It's always perceived as very cold when you interface with software or machine. But if we can translate that emotional connection through a system to the people, you you can reach many more populations very effectively, right? So 
when I when we think about AI, why AI is so uh, you know permanent? I believe is that the um, the variety of applications, the variety of experience you can create from AI by understanding the data, understanding what people need, uh, you can actually materialize the interactions. And we have seen successful examples about e-commerce, right? How good they are recommending you things you don't even know you need, but you end up buying. Um, and you, you're not gonna complain because they solve certain needs that you actually have. So I think that comes back to the forward thinking elements of AI. If we can anticipate what this patient might need and the kind of talk to them and engage with them to understand why you may need that before it happens, um, we can change the game. I really think it becomes not like a, a passive experience, but more pro proactive. And, and the people coming out of COVID um, generally have a, a more positive mindset about their health. They want to take care of themselves, right? <laughs> they want to do things that's right. Uh, so I think we should kind of uh, uh, leverage that, that momentum yeah, and yeah. Uh, kind of in the next few years or a few decades, kind of start to build out this experience that um, kind of increase the trust of patient, um, increase the transparency, really put them in the center. Let them know that, you know, you are the center of care. We're here to serve you. Uh, and uh, this is how we do it. Um, and, and, you know, we, we feel like, um that's gonna solve a lot of problems, honestly. Yeah. Uh right. Everything will kind of fall into that rhythm and uh kind of achieve the outcome everyone wants to to get to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The the patient engagement and really keeping them in the know and keeping them that they, they, they feel like they're, you know, getting something out of what they're doing and the proactive approach. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think that we see it coming dentistry is always so far behind in technology that when we see stuff happening to other fields, you kind of look at it and be like, well, it's what everybody likes. It's like now just apply that to making yourself more healthy. Um, it's a win-win. So, so th yeah, thanks for coming on. I, I enjoyed learning about everything. We'll have to have you back on to learn more. So thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.